Are you ready? This is Mark on the Mic on the A1 Sports Network. Bow to the masters. Break it down! How you doing, everybody? And welcome to the Moffat on the Mic radio show, courtesy of the A1 Sports Network. I am Craig Moffat, and of course, this show would not be complete without the production stylings of the people's producer, the head honcho, the big cheese, the founder of the A1 Sports Network, I am talking about, of course, myself. <laughs> I am talking about, of course, Mr. Chris Clark. What's up, Craig? Okay, you have your Islanders gear on, and Kim's not coming on until Monday. I know. I'm ready. I know you're getting fired up, but I mean, I needed it. I just like, you know what? I got this shirt. I was like, it says New York, New York Islanders Fire Department. So I'm, there you I'm go, man. rocking the Mets hat too. So ready for baseball. Actually, I was watching into the simulated game before. I was watching on you. They have it on YouTube. How'd we look? Um, I watched a little bit of it. It was nothing crazy. Like, it was um, – I don't even know who was pitching. I think it was a guy, um, Steven Gonzalez. I think he's, like, one of those, like, add-ons to the roster oh. at the last minute. Um, they have somebody they, – they have, like, a sounds like a college kid announcing it. He actually wasn't bad. Like, I actually thought he really wasn't bad. And um, when I got – like, I saw Melky Cabrera up, and then I had to go do something, so I couldn't really sit and watch it too long. But – just that alone makes me fired up for baseball. I, I'm ready, man. Look, I I still don't like the idea of 60 games, but I'm I'm ready for it. Like I'm ready for these 60 games. I'm ready for the full sprint all the way to the playoffs, and it's going to be very chaotic because we don't because it is because we don't we have no idea what what's going to happen. If you stink it up in the first two weeks of baseball, you're done basically. That's it. You can you can sign your you can sign your death certificate now. For the season. Oh, think about it. Jacob DeGrom left the start the other day after one inning because of back tightness. I mean, you can't afford to lose him at any for any time right now, especially mm-hmm. with how tough the Mets schedule is. Yeah. Playing the AL East and the NL East for 60 games. Now, the good news is, is that it doesn't seem like it's going to be anything serious. And although they're not sure if he's going to make the opening day start next week against Atlanta, he was actually supposed to pitch in a game, in an exhibition game this weekend against the Yankees. But I think that's been scrapped. So maybe Stroman pitches on Saturday or something like that. Yeah, but, like like we could survive without Syndergaard. We can't survive without DeGrom. Okay, we need DeGrom. Because yeah, we, we don't have anybody to back him up. Exactly. Right now, the, only, the only backups they have, like, you know, could be like a guy like Walker Lockett. who's He's a guy he's good for like three or four innings. So it's kind of like that's a bullpen day for me. Yeah. In my opinion. So you're going to start Walker Lockett. I, I'm okay with it. But, you know, at most he can only go like four innings. Yeah, like it's not it's not it's not the ideal situation. Like like yeah. we were we were really lucky that we did have Michael Walker and we signed Michael Walker and Rick Porcello cuz when yeah. when Senegard went down, they were able to stay right uh, go right into the into the mix and without losing a beat, the Mets have a still have a five-man rotation. Exactly. And the funny thing is too is that, you know, again, I didn't know this, but DeGrom has actually had these back problems before and he, it's always kind of he's shaking it off pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. that's something you kind of like to hear. Yeah. So maybe the Mets don't start him opening day. Mm-hmm. I mean, opening day doesn't have the same significance because there's no fans there. I mean, it's mm-hmm. opening day, but it's not like it's so you know, we, on opening day, you know, we're going like, to Mets magnetic schedule day. We, we got we got the cardboard cutouts, though, in the, sa- in the stadium. Yeah. Okay. Which leads me to that. 
dude, eighty six dollars. It's eighty six. Bro, that's not the worst one. The Dodgers are charging like two hundred dollars to sit in like the luxury seats with a cardboard cutout. I heard like five hundred from somewhere. I don't know where I heard. I wouldn't be surprised, bro. I would not be surprised in the least if it was like five hundred dollars in some teams. Honestly, if they said fifteen bucks, I'm in there. I'm in I mean, there. I mean, they're putting like yeah, but you should. He should put cardboard cutouts in like the five hundred section, you know, <laughs> the section that no one's gonna ever see. No, like no, you should put it like in the five hundred section, but you have to be like passed out drunk from the. Yeah, but you guarantee that? Yeah, like you just take a picture of yourself, like you know, hovering over like the bowl or something, at, you know, <laughs> hovering over the toilet from a night out of partying, and you sit in like section five thirteen, like row twenty, and they have to make sure the camera pans to the upper deck section. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. That I would definitely sign up for. But, um, you know, another part of it, too, when we talk about the Yankees real quickly, is that Aaron Judge is, you know, he's finally back after, you know, the rib thing. The, he had a stiff neck. And, you know, so he's, you know, he's playing. You're going to need all hands on deck for 60 games. And now there's, you know, scouts aren't going to the games, which means the trade deadline always gets a little shaky. You know, scouts always show up at games, you know, to, you know to, for teams that are doing bad that might want to take on, you know, make a trade and everything like that. So that's a problem. But, um I will say I had never been more excited to watch a simulated game on YouTube than until about an hour ago when I watched the Mets. I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm very excited for the season. I can't wait for baseball, basketball, and hockey to all get back started. Uh, before we get started with what we're talking about today, uh, next week, um, pretty big week for guests. I'm actually pretty psyched to have uh, we, uh, you know, Clemson work on the phones, and uh, we're able to line up some great guests for next week, uh, Monday. We're going to have Clem's good friend and Islander superfan, Kim Moisa, joining us to talk what else but Rangers hockey. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to be talking plenty of Islander hockey with Kim. Playoffs right around the corner. Team's practicing. I love getting the Instagram videos for the team, watching the team practice at, uh, in East Meadow. Um, so we're, gonna, we're really psyched to have her on the show. And uh, we're definitely going to have a lot to talk about with the playoffs coming up. Right around the corner, Clem, August 1st. Okay, I'm ready, Game man. One against the Panthers. I'm ready, man. I'm ready for hockey. And I'm definitely ready to talk some Islanders with Kim. Like, it's been a while since I've, I've talked to her about the Islanders. So I'm, ve- I'm really, like, ready to get her insight on everything. And when you texted me, yeah. like, oh, oh, I think we should get this girl on. And I'm like, yeah. So That's speaking of that, back, so Clem is like, you know, Clem is the freaking ego over here. So, <laughs> <laughs> right? So – I'm, you know, we've been kind of toying with some ideas to like, you know, work on the show a little bit more. And I follow Kim's Islander page because she, you know, she just has a ton of Islander stuff and, you know, she's a huge Robin Leonard fan and I like Robin Leonard a lot and, and everything. And, and like, so I said, it, I texted Clem and the thing is I reach reach out to Clem and I said to Clem, I'm like, Clem, I copied her Twitter page, you know, and I sent it to Clem and I said, like, I really want to try to get her on the show, but I don't know how. So Clem writes back with just LOL. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> he, goes, he goes, that won't be a problem. She, I went to school with her. Like, and she's a good friend of mine from Post or LA, from LIU. And I felt like such like a, you know, like an ass because I'm like the host <laughs> of the show. And like, I'm like, I should know how to get in touch with these people. And Clem is just like, yeah, yeah. Out of number, it's okay. <laughs> Clem's like sitting at home and he's like, you know what? I'm going to make him sweat it out for a few minutes. And I'm just going to drop it on him right there. Right. So Clem drops it on me and he goes, yeah, I don't think it'll be a problem getting on the show. And, 
you know, while we love having the reporters, the Tim Healy's, the Andrew Gross's of the world, I also love having super fans. Mm. And um, so I, I love talking hockey with super fans or baseball, football, whatever it is. So I'm very excited to have Kim on the show on Monday, and we're definitely looking forward to chatting with her. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to be having uh, Creative Pro and indie talent Jack Tomlinson joining us. Um, we're pretty psyched to have him on. We had BSK on a couple of weeks ago, and Jack is going to come on and talk with us as well. Jack Tomlinson was actually BSK's partner in the match against the Viking Raiders on Raw where BSK got hurt. I'll never forget that, too, because, well, like Kim, I also went to LIU with Jack. So, like, I knew he was in one of our in one of the other parties on campus. And I remember watching that Raw, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, shit, I know him. Like, that's crazy. Like, he's on Monday Night Raw, and I, like, I saw him the next day on campus. I was like, yo, you did fantastic. You got beat, you got beat up by the Viking Raiders, but you did fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so – um, we're pretty psyched to have him on as well, and uh, he'll be joining us next Wednesday. And uh, we're also working on um, kind of a – we're going to do a little fantasy segment maybe, uh, Daily Fantasy with uh, Mark Salino from Statement Games. Uh, we're working on that. We're, we're hoping to have him on next week. Uh, if not, we'll try to have him on the week after. But, um, you know, with baseball right around the corner next week, uh, Mark's going to come on and just do kind of some picks, some segment, uh, fantasy segment with us. And uh, we're looking forward to having him on as well. So next Monday, Kim Moisa, Islander Superfan. Wednesday, Jack Tomlinson from Creative Pro and um, a rival fraternity that Clem that is uh, <laughs> aware of, I guess. And uh, we're also working on having Mark Salino on from Statement Games. So a pretty busy week next week here on the Moffat on the Mike Show. And we're pretty psyched to have it. Um, obviously, the big news <laughs> dropped about an hour ago. And Clem, this story is friggin' crazy pertaining to Washington Redskins. Now, I'm not surprised it has to do with the Washington Redskins because they're just a really screwed-up franchise altogether. Mm -hmm. And you know, right now, Riverboat Ron is probably sitting there going, what the hell did I get myself into with this franchise? <laughs> okay? So in case for people who already knew it, this kind of trickled out throughout the day. It started, I was, I was following, you know, it's amazing how I follow Twitter 10 times more now than I did before. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big Twitter guy. I don't really like Twitter. I'm not a really big Instagram guy either. And for a guy who's trying to promote a radio show, you think social media would be, you know, <laughs> like, uh, like you should try to do something. But, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll tweet more than I do anything else. Right. So I found out earlier today that the Washington Redskins had hired an attorney in advance of something that was going to drop that was like monster with the Washington Redskins. And then things started to trickle out throughout the day. The play-by-play -play guy is no longer with the team. A few big executives tendered their resignations. They didn't want to be a part of the team anymore. And I think a minority owner is trying to sell his stake in the team. Mm -hmm. But the, other, the thing was, the other shoe hadn't dropped yet. Yeah. So we didn't know what the problem was. We didn't know, like, oh, my God, what the hell is it? Yeah, people were just yeah. dropping like flies. Yeah. And now we know. So this article is going to come out tomorrow in the Washington Post. It hasn't come out already. But... 15 female executives from the Washington Redskins have filed a lawsuit against the team for sexual harassment and sexual assault. Um, I'll just let that linger for a minute because when you hear stuff like that and then you think about the fact that Daniel Snyder owns the team, it doesn't, I don't know, it just feels like Daniel Snyder is such a scumbag, it doesn't bother. It's not, I'm not surprised, okay? So it gets better. This is where it gets actually pretty funny. Of all the people affiliated with the team, 
the one guy that seems to be like the biggest sleaze bag in this whole thing is former Redskins head coach Jay Gruden. So I ran down a laundry list of things that apparently are accusatory. One is probably a little bit off guard, and I'll get to it in a, in a minute. So basically the article that's going to come out is going to detail the horrible culture of the organization, how they, you know, just treated women like shit and women were afraid to quit the job because according to one unnamed employee or former employee, if we left, somebody would take the job in 10 seconds Mm -hmm. before a football team. Yeah. Okay. So let's get to the, let's get to the gist of it. There's a lot of bullet points, by the way. Okay. Number one. Reportedly, Jay Gruden had an affair with a Redskins like employee. Okay, mm-hmm. like an office, an office employee. I don't know if it was an intern or an office employee. I'm not 100 percent sure. But it gets better though. Apparently, she got around because Capri Bibbs, who's a former player for the Redskins, also was having an affair with her. So you have the head coach, and you have I think he was a running back, Capri Bibbs, or a fullback of some kind. They're both hooking up with the same person. Okay. Now it's bad enough thinking about Jay Gruden on the job, <laughs> like literally, but I mean, this is just like weird. It's just like really weird because when you see Jay Gruden, it's like, there's no way this guy could be hooking up with like whoever, but whatever. Yeah. That's another story. Jay Gruden found out that Capri Bibbs was hooking up with the intern that he was hooking up with or the whatever employee that he was hooking up with. Benched him, right? <laughs> but wait, it gets better. Bibbs' backup at the time was a player named Byron Marshall. He missed the block that caused, that literally ended the career of Alex Smith. Because of his missed block, Alex Smith can barely walk. <laughs> So basically, if Jay Gruden and this kid weren't weren't banging the same employee, Byron Byron Marshall wouldn't have been in, and Alex Smith still might be the quarterback of the Washington Redskins. Yeah, that's exactly. I I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> right, I, I think you nailed it right on the head there, Clem. Oh my gosh, man. Okay, it gets better though. Oh okay. No, I have like eight bullet points of this whole I was thing. Say, I, 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 di- I didn't look into any of this. I saw the headlines. Honestly, I'm about like... ready to be a subscriber to the Washington Post just so I can read this article. The crazy thing is the Washington Post is owned by Jeff Bezos, which I didn't know. Which I, I didn't know. Fun fact for you. Okay. Dan Snyder is apparently a big drug and alcohol abuser. I'm not surprised. Daniel Snyder and Jay Gruden were apparently pimping out cheerleaders to season ticket holders while holding their passports from them in a foreign country. So they're literally reenacting the movie Taken. That's so crazy. Okay. Like they're literally like, it's a, this is like sex trafficking, dude. Oh my God. Okay. Snyder and Gruden would hold sex parties with rampant drug use and some sexual assaults. That's actually how it was put, some sexual assaults on this, on this Twitter thing. Some. You know. <laughs> Snyder held nude photo shoots with the Redskins cheerleaders. And here's the one that nobody believes because somebody wrote, wrote it back and just said, yeah, they, if that's the case, then he needs to get his money back. Reportedly, Snyder allegedly paid off referees. 
<laughs> and and according to according to this article, apparently every team was doing it. Like a lot of teams are paying off refs. I don't doubt refs are making like crazy amounts of money. I don't doubt teams are paying off refs, but yeah, he the Redskins definitely need to get their money back because they stink. <laughs> I mean, like this is like really hard to dice to dissect. That's a lot of shit. That's a lot. I mean, like it's not just like oh. You know. Know, if this is true about Jay Gruden and Capri Bibbs, mm-hmm. if I'm Alex Smith, I'm suing Jay Gruden for ruining my career. Yeah, can't that? What, I don't know what it's I mean, like, called. Like, I don't know if it. I mean, I, I don't think it's criminal because like the guy deliberately said, "Okay, after you," you know, as you let the pass rusher go right through and yeah. kill the guy. But I mean, like this is bad. This is, you know, it's not like you know oh. They got some drug scandals. All right. We can turn the other way. This is like not – you just listed a whole bunch of shit that it's like it's kept getting worse after you kept reading it. It's like what the fuck is going on? But here's the best part, though. Jay Gruden's not even that good of a coach. Yeah. (laughs) What's even worse? I mean, like now I know why he was on the team for so long. Because he's hooking up with a Redskins assistant. He's pimping out cheerleaders, if this is true. I mean, we don't know if it's true. This is all alleged, of course. I mean, we don't know for certain if it's true. Pimping out cheerleaders is season ticket holders, which means he's probably, you know, two executives. This Gruden, is- holding, Gruden holding sex parties? Can you picture Jay Gruden hosting a sex party? Oh, I kind of don't. eyes wide shut? <laughs> like, what is this? Oh, my God. Like, what's the password, Fidelio? But, what the hell is, like, of all the people, of all the people, see, Snyder, I can totally see. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, Jake Rudin? <laughs> Yo, my man is a freak. Oh, my God. He is a freak. I was just looking it up as, I was just, like, trying to see what else is there. It, it, one, of the, one article came up and said, if, if these allegations are true, the Redskins' new team name is their least of their concerns right now. <laughs> I mean, bro, this is bad. This is so bad. You know, and it's, it really is true. If one domino falls, the rest of them are coming down with you because it's yeah, well, just a shitstorm of bad press. Like, It's like I want to make a joke and just say, like, well, I guess we, know, we don't know who Deep Throat is, no pun intended. <laughs> right <laughs> oh my gosh man but like can you imagine like like jay gruden it comes off as one of the most awkward people like like mm-hmm. the way he does a press conference like are you telling are you really serious that jay gruden is hosting sex parties with daniel snyder that's so that's so crazy to even think about like like that's what's going on over there like can you imagine right now ron rivera's like dude I, i'm gonna this is bad. Like, why am I even still here right now? I was Ron Rivera. I would just come out and be like, I just got here. Please no one blame me. Like, <laughs> like I'm out. Deuces. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, like, I'd be like, yeah, I don't want to be here. I think, like, after this is- all this shit that's going on, the name change and all this stuff, you just – the Washington Redskins are – I think they should just move. They got to go. Like, I mean, like, listen – Jay Gruden hooking up with an assist with that whatever. I mean, uh, employee, whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if stuff like that happens on every team. Yeah. Okay. Coaches work late, players work late, or not players, but like, you know, females work, you know, maybe employees work late. I mean, we don't know what the 
hours of operation are for Washington Redskins employees. Right. But I'm sure if the coach is taking an interest in somebody, you know, I'm not saying that they're inviting it into there. I would, would never think that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you have to wonder if they're fearing for their job in a way. Oh, maybe they yeah. really, you know, maybe they want to break into the football industry, but not that way. No, I think, I think you're right. Yeah. Because, I think you're right because especially in such a male-dominated profession, you know, whether it's in the, off, in the offices or on the field, women will do anything to break. And if they love the sport that much, they will do anything to break into the business. And on as sick as it sounds, if they think that, you know, I have to sleep with Jay Gruden to get the job, I might, they might think like, I'll do this then. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what goes through their minds. And I really hope they don't think like that because they shouldn't do that. So we know it happens. Like we know it happens in the corporate world. Yeah. You know, we, we, you know, whether you like it or not, it does happen. Yeah. You know, I think that sometimes, and I hate to put, I'm not trying to objectify or demean women in general. It's not my intention, but I wouldn't be surprised if sometimes women feel the urge to, to do that just so they can get ahead. You know, it's tough. I mean, it's very tough. It really is. It and really you see is. The shit with the Me Too movement, you see the shit, like when we were talking about the Me Too movement with Harvey Weinstein, and you're a down on your luck actress auditioning for Harvey Weinstein for Miramax to be in like, you know, whatever, Pulp Fiction or whatever movie it is that he's producing, okay? I mean, like, I think it runs rampant in certain industries where they say, how bad do you want to move up in the world? And yeah. you know, and I, I think women are put, it's a horrible position they're put in. It really is. Because then at that point, it's not about, you know, their talent or anything. You're not, look, you're not hiring them for their acting ability. You want, it's, you want a favor, you want a sexual favor of some kind. Yeah, you know? and again, like the Black Lives Matter movement, this is another movement that me and you will never, will never know what it's like oh, to go through. We never will. And exactly. It, and, and it's just, it's shitty. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, this is life. And this is what happens in life. There are, there are people who feel like they have to do shit like this if they want to get ahead in the world. Right. You know, and they may hate every minute of it, and they'll hate every minute of it for that second. But at the end of the day, if it gets them to where they want to go, there are some people who just, you know, that may want to do it just to be aggressive and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't give a shit. They're just like, okay, well, if I have to bang this guy, I will. If it gets me a, you know, corner office and, you know, because it's just that, you know, it's one to them, to some people who, you know, don't have a conscience or just don't feel like it's that big of a deal. It's just a blip on the radar. But yeah. for other people who are, you know, who maybe have a guilty conscience for people who feel like shit after they do it and it, it sits with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. People kill themselves yeah. over stuff like this. This is like a suicidal thing in a it way. Really, it really is. And like, but like I even just said, you know, in it's such a male-dominated sport like football, and we see it in the front offices and in on the field, women, if women really want to break in, they might have to think like, oh, I might have to sleep with Jay Gruden or Dan Snyder to get, to get this executive job, you know? It's, 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 re- it's a real fucked up world, man. Oh my God! I have another joke. I mean, maybe we may have to. We may have to literally edit this show just for like little parts. I was gonna say you always said you wanted to be the Howard Stern of sports radio. I just, I just would hope to get more. Okay, here it is. Ready? All right. I really hope we get more insights into the Fifty Shades of J part. Ooh, <laughs> that's good. 
Did you just come up with that? Yes, I did. That's good. That's good. <laughs> it's bad, but it's good at this point. It, that's why it's good because it's bad. <laughs> Fifty Shades of J. <laughs> I mean, listen, I can't. Okay. There's so many things wrong with this, and I'm going to just throw it on Gruden because, like, number one, I cannot picture this guy hosting, like, sex parties. He doesn't even look like he can't even run an offense, let alone a freaking – you want him to run a sex party? I mean – That's probably where his mind's at. He yeah. can't run an offense, so he's like, you know what? I got to make it up in these, these sex orgy – Like, imagine him drawing it – drawing, like, at halftime of, like – and he's trying to draw a play, and he just keeps, like, drawing, like, in – in like the whole time and i'm like bro what the hell's wrong with you do he's probably you ever see super bad yes of course remember the scene when joe when jonas hill's character is the little kid and all he does is draw dicks that's yeah. probably that's probably jay gruden on the sideline drawing plays he's just drawing dicks the whole time <laughs> yeah, it's just like i mean like i can't picture this bro i like i really can't and the thing is like again i don't know what's right or wrong but just this story's killing me right now it's making me laugh so hard. and i think it's jay gruden i think is the oc right now for the jags yeah it's well, i think I he's mean, the oc for the jags right now i well, i just just to clear it up just so people if the people are listening we're not laughing at the situation we're just laughing at the fact this is jay gruden and well, i'm laughing at the redskins all the way to the bank oh, this is I'm I'm totally totally like, the, 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 the redskins just need to move or the, the, the warriors is, whatever the only guy i feel bad for right now well, number one, I feel bad for a couple of guys. Number one, Capri Bibbs. I mean, I don't remember him being that great of a football player, but if it's really true what happened, mm-hmm. then that's pretty shit. Sorry, it is. Okay? Yeah. The, guy's got a, the guy's making a living as a football player, and you're going to bench him because you're not happy about the fact that he – and the thing is, it was like purely coincidental that they found out they were hooking up with the same girl. Yeah. Okay? And that's one thing. But – to I can't really obviously we cannot we don't know what's true or not because the Redskins going to deny everything because that's what they're going to do yeah okay but the fact that you bench this guy for whoever Byron Marshall is unfortunately I don't know who he is as a player but you got so petty as a head coach that you benched one of your running backs for a guy who was inexperienced and he got your starting quarterback killed, basically. Alex Smith almost died, bro. Yeah. Like, that infection, if you've ever seen the video, the infection is disgusting. I've seen it. It's, ter- it's terrible. And, I, the I mean, is, and the thing is, I hope Alex Smith comes back to the NFL. I really hope he comes back. I, know, I don't yeah. think he will, but I really hope he is because he's a good quarterback. He is. I, he's know, a but, very nice guy, good on the field. He's just a very personable guy let's get, from what we see. And let's get to the name change thing really quickly because let's call it what it is. The Redskins are not changing their name because they're being forced to, or actually they are being forced to, but in another sense. They, they don't want – Daniel Snyder does not, is, does not want to change the name because of what people think is racist. Mm-hmm. Daniel Snyder wants to change the name because he's being pressured by, P, by FedEx and other companies that are not going to pay him money. Yeah. He's going to lose millions and millions of dollars on it. So – in other words, FedEx Field will no longer be called FedEx Field. Right. If they back out. That's why they're, he's doing it. Yeah. And the thing is, this has been drawn out for so long. Would you just pick a freaking name already and be done with it? It's such bullshit, like, how this is taking so long. Just pick a name. I don't care what it is. The Red Tails, the Renegades. I said the Red Dogs, named after the beer. 
I thought that would be a great name, the Washington Red Dogs. I think, like, I think any, I, I just, I like. It sounds like they're gonna go with the Warriors. That sounds like the what's gonna be the new. I don't like it. Not a fan. Okay, I, I will only accept the Ultimate Warrior themes. The Ultimate, uh, not the Ultimate Warrior, the Washington Warriors name. If the logo is the Ultimate Warriors mask. Ooh, but oh, I like that. The I red, and you gotta, it's gotta be red and gold, and it's gotta be. The warrior, the warrior mask. Like if you see the pictures on like Yahoo, anybody who can go Google a page. Or if you've ever seen the movie The Warriors about the gangs, mm-hmm. if you've ever seen it, if you have you seen it? I've seen parts, yes. Okay. That's the only way. I would take the entire like you ever see the poster for the Warriors, like the silhouette of all the gangs and shit? Yeah. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. I would say, okay, now I'm gonna be called the Warriors. I can get by that. Or, you know, if you want to just bring back an old name, the Bullets. I think the you Bullets. You can't. You can't. They won't. It'll be, it's too offensive for violence, for gun violence. That's why the uh, Bullets changed their name. Okay, that makes sense then. But, like, think about how awesome would this be, right? Let's say you're playing the Washington Warriors and, like, the Giants, right? Mm-hmm. And you play the scene with the dude with the bottles. And he's going, Warriors, come out and play. Okay. Yeah. Now, that I would totally be behind. You do that with the Ultimate Warriors mask as the logo, you might have a gold mine there, honestly. Okay. Now, here's okay, ready? If somebody brings that up tomorrow, then we know somebody was watching the show. Yeah, because it, it's, it's weird shit like this we'll talk about, and it's like, oh, two, a day or two later, someone else will mention it. We'll like, someone's listening to us. Someone like, literally. on a worldwide show. They'll know that we know that they're listening. <laughs> I mean, this story just gets out of control. And the thing is, like I said, I cannot picture Jay Gruden with, like, nipple clamps and, like, all this, like, walking around, like, okay, who's next? With a freaking whip in his hand. I, I can't. Like a dominatrix, yeah. Like, no wonder why Washington sucked. He wasn't even playing. He wasn't even preparing for Dallas. He was preparing for these, these like, you know, Fifty Shades of Jay parties. I'm telling you, he, was, he wasn't drawing plays. He was just drawing, like, Dicks right on, right on, right on the right on the view. Those were the plays. It's like, all right, Adrian Peterson, you're gonna come one circle. All right, Dwayne Haskins, you're gonna roll out this way. Uh, Lauren, you're just gonna go run straight. Uh, and Jordan Reed, you're gonna run straight too. Coach, that's a dick. Oh man, my bad. I, I it's, like, <laughs> it's like you open, like he opens up the top drawer, and he's got like all the pens and the big, like the big pens and everything. Yeah. But then there's like that secret sliding door, and when you unslide it, there's like anal beads and all that stuff in there and it's like what the hell's wrong with this guy oh my god i knew i was gonna have fun with this i this freaking was, knew it oh my god man i, I just can't imagine like it's, like i said it's not even like you know oh sexual harassment and drug scandal no they the redskins took it to the next level sex parties petty uh petty three ways with your players the list goes on and on. You mentioned it. It's just like, what the hell is going on, man? I mean, you think about, like, all that past Redskins mediocrity, man, from oh, now we know Arrington and, you know, LA15 and LondonFletcher.com because he was always online. Oh, <laughs> that was his God, nickname. Man. I mean, dude, this is like, you know, it's like you can have a lot of fun with this. You could say some stuff like, you know, I expected something like that out of Mark Rippon. right but not jay gruden oh i mean like dude it's just like the more i hear this like this story just killing me right now 
it's again, it's just like what the hell is actually Jake Gruden was having, you know, like I mean, play calls are probably like, you know, eyes wide, shut, wide, you know, right, you know, eyes wide, right, <laughs> like, you know. I mean, like, oh my god, you know, like <laughs> Oh my god, this is too funny, man. This is too funny. Like, I hope I'm wrong about this. Like, I really do, but I just, I think it's hysterical. No, I hope we're right, because then it's even more hilarious. Like, this is like, I mean, like I said, that's what you should call the show tomorrow. When you do your Spotify, mm-hmm. call it Fifty Shades of Jay Gruden. Ooh, okay. Fifty Shades yeah. of Jay, I got this. That doesn't entice people. I don't know what the hell's going to entice people. <laughs> anyway, we're pretty much out of business if we can't get people to, to, to get that on Spotify. Oh, Fifty Shades of J, man, that's good. <laughs> that's good. That's a, that's like a like if you were if people were into like you know parody pornos. That's a they, I mean people would watch that. Oh, please get ready, get ready, <laughs> get ready. There's gonna be there. Yeah, yeah. Don't trust me. Don't don't sleep on that. Exactly. We're gonna we're gonna turn up. We're gonna turn on to Pornhub. The, the in, in the couple like, of days we're gonna see Fifty Shades of J and be like, no. Oh, now, now we know someone's listening to us. <laughs> it's like, it's like you know, like right now, I probably picture like Riverboat Ron. Like, you ever see those movies when the hobo has like the stick with the bag on the end of it with the polka dots? Yeah. Right, and he's just hitching a ride out of Washington. He's like, I gotta get the hell out of here. This is place is a shit show. <laughs> oh my God, Ron Rivera, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so. Listen, sorry. I will tell you right now. I will make this prediction. If Ron Rivera gets that team with all this drama right now, and we're right around training camp, rookies report next week, okay? Mm-hmm. If Ron Rivera gets the Redskins to like a 7-9 and nine record, he should be coach of the year. And he's a great coach, too. He's a very good coach. And that's the thing about this Redskins team. They were like – they were on the path to like having a better year this year. You know, you were hoping – you're hoping Dwayne Haskins takes the step a step forward. You have a decent offense. Your your de- your defense was great with it, especially with the addition to Chase Young. Your offense isn't the worst in the AFC. I mean, in the NFC East. You didn't give Haskins any weapons though, and that's a bad. That, that that's the only problem. They only have Terry McLaurin, and that's and that's it. You have Kelvin, Kelvin Harmon just tore his ACL. He's out for the year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have some nice running backs with Darius Geis, Adrian Peterson, and you drafted Bryce Love. All right, I, I, you have you have a decent offense. Well, you have but, no tight end. You lost Jordan Reed. You lost, um, you know, Vernon Davis retired. Terry McLaurin is the only receiver you have, which means he's going to be double teamed a lot this year. Right. You don't have anybody. A lot of it's rookies. Now, listen, they could always add a guy like a Taylor Gabriel or something like that if they really want to. Maybe they're checking the waiver wire. You know, eventually if teams cut guys. But um, I think the Redskins knew they were going to be rebuilding anyway this year. Mm-hmm. I think that Rivera knew that. I think Rivera wants to see what he has with Haskins. If he thinks Haskins can play, mm-hmm. um, he sure as shit wasn't getting a lot of help from Callahan and uh, Jay Gruden. So I mean, and now we know why. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing, I, the one thing that that like opened your eyes, not like at the Jay Gruden parties, um, about this team is the defense. And Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera is a defensive guy. You have When you have guys well, like – have that defense ready to go. And I think drafting Chase Young was always the right move. It was never the wrong move. Yeah. You know, you definitely want to get that, you know. And the thing is, the Redskins have a very – they're going to have a good front four with uh, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and um, uh, Adam Kerrigan, I think, is still on the team. 
Mm-hmm. And then, um, Montez uh, Sweat, and then Chase Montez Sweat. Young. I totally forgot about Montez Sweat. Yeah, and then you have, and then you add Chase Young. That's a solid team. And then plus your secondary isn't awful. You still have Landon Collins there, who's all right. And then you add it. You got Kendall Fuller too, who's not yeah, bad. So, I mean, listen, the Redskins are going to struggle on offense, but I think their defense will keep them into some games. And Rivera's going to dial up some. I'm telling you, I think Rivera's a good. I think he's a good hire for them. He's a good culture hire for them. You know. Because, I mean, you just see how much of a shit show Washington really was before he got there. Yeah. And I think he's going to be very good for that team. I think this is going to be a year where he feels out what he's got with Haskins. Yeah. Um, at the same time, they didn't offer, they didn't really get him anything. So how can you possibly judge a quarterback when he doesn't have the weapons? Yeah, exactly. You know, Haskins is the type. See, I look at a guy like Sam Darnold, and I see a guy that could probably play with just about anybody. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Haskins is such a developmental project that I think you need to surround him with talented players. And I'm not saying the Redskins have it because they have a lot of young rookies and inexperienced veterans, but he's not going to be able to take the next step forward if you don't supply him with what he needs. If there's a guy that needs weapons, it's definitely guys like Gardner Minshew. It's guys like Dwayne Haskins. You know, it's guys like that that need the weapons. Yeah, Sam. I, if I watching Sam the second half of last season, I came to the conclusion that he definitely need every team needs talent, but Sam can definitely make the throws to guys like Vincent Smith, mm-hmm. to Braxton Berrios, to all those guys. Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't worry me one bit. Everybody makes a big deal with their stupid top thirty two with no with offense and everything. And the day you tell me that the freaking Cleveland Browns are the third best offense in the NFL is the day that you have your head up your ass, mm. okay? Because there's no way that that's possible. I don't give a crap who's on that team. Yeah, and even to go back to Dwayne Haskins, I think it. I think he was unfortunately thrown into that that starting role quickly just because Alex Smith did get injured at the beginning yeah. of the season. I I don't think they. I don't think the, the thing was remember they had Case Keenum and he was a bomb. Yeah. Okay, and listen, Case Keenum has done some good things in the NFL. I'm not saying he hasn't, but I don't know if he's a year-round starter. It's like he's like the type of guy. He's like, you know, who reminds me of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes, you sign him for a one-year deal. You just to get him through the, you know, just to get him over the hump until Haskins is ready. Yeah, he's okay? he's, he's a journeyman quarterback, and yeah, he had a, he he did great things for the Vikings. You can't, you can, no one can deny what he did with the Vikings, but. The one thing I'll say about the Redskins, about, you know, this is something that makes me laugh about, you know, because, and I guess maybe I must have slept walk through the 90s, is people sit there and they think that the Kansas City Chiefs created this Patrick Mahomes rule, okay, where you sit him for a year and then when he's ready to go in a second year, he's ready to tear it up. Yeah. Okay. Let me get this out of the way right now. There's no such thing as the Kansas City way. That's a load of shit, okay? Because they've been doing that stuff since the 90s. Yeah. Okay? Draft a quarterback, put him in the – you know, you don't put him out with their week one. You think Tom Brady played right off the bat when he got drafted? No. He got – he played when Drew Bledsoe – when Mo Lewis knocked Drew Bledsoe into another state (laughs) and Tom Brady took over, and then the rest is history, of course. Tom Brady's a Hall of Fame. Yeah. Okay? Spare me this Kansas City way crap. There's no such thing as the Kansas City way. Yeah, and even look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers sat the bench for four years before he was a starter. 
okay? I hate that. It's like, oh, yeah, Andy Reid is such a genius. He sat Patrick Mahomes, and they created this. No, he didn't. The Jet, didn't the Jets Reed will tell you that. I said, didn't the Jets do that in 2000 when they drafted Pennington? Didn't he sit behind Tester Verde? Of course. There were a lot of – but I'm saying, like, in general, it's like they didn't, they didn't stumble across a, a new continent. They didn't, <laughs> you know, study, discover the fountain of youth here. Yeah. Okay? Everyone knew Pat Mahomes wasn't going to be a year one starter. Yeah. Everyone. Because they didn't know what he was. He was a product of the air raid offense under Kingsbury. That's what he was. Okay? And he needed a year to develop into the NFL, and Andy Reid gave him that year. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And then Pat Mahomes is now a superstar. But it's like, spare me the, the whole Kansas City way bullshit. Yeah. It's a joke. But – the problem is, again, at the end of the day, the Redskins, this is going to be just such a disaster. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, they, just need to, they just need to move. They, they literally – Dan Snyder needs to sell – They're going to be asked move. about this shit every day at practice. Oh, yeah. Every I day feel, at practice is going to be asked about this. And I feel bad for guys like Ron Rivera, Ryan Kerrigan, Chase Young, Dwayne Haskins, who probably had no idea any of this was going on, especially Ron Rivera because he literally just got there. And they're going to be asked about this. And they're going to be like, I just want to play football. And I feel bad for them. Fifty Shades of J. Wow. <laughs> I have no words. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's just like, listen. I mean, Snyder is, I don't know. I've always hated Daniel Snyder. I've always thought he was an asshole. Still yeah, I was never a fan. You know, no one's a fan of Daniel Snyder. But, I mean, so – the shit surrounding Daniel Snyder doesn't surprise me, okay? Especially the big money season ticket holders, the corporations. I wouldn't be surprised he was pimping out these cheerleaders. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not. I hope that's not the case for their sake. Yeah. Because these girls are tr- completely traumatized. And they were probably threatened with a lot of bullshit. You know, your career's over. You'll never work in, for this team. You'll never work in the NFL. You'll never do this or whatever. You know? Mm-hmm. But it's like just the traumatizing experience of that. I just I pray to God it didn't happen. Yeah. But if it did, wow! It's Jay Gruden and Daniel Snyder, probably the two biggest scumbags on the face of the earth. Well, I I I mean they're both fucked either way. Either way, they're both fucked. And I would not be surprised if Ron Rivera was just like, I quit. I don't want to deal with this shit. I didn't sign up for any of this. Like, I would not be as messed up as that sounds. I would not be surprised if he's like, I don't want to do this. I quit. Like, you know, again, you saw the beginning of it when the radio, the play-by-play guy was, you know, God forbid he's doing play-by-play for the sex parties. Jesus. I mean, that would just be, that's, you know, maybe that's why he quit. (laughs) He grew it around the corner. He just officially hit rock. He just hit officially hit rock bottom. I mean, but it's just brutal. And, like, that's – I'll just leave it at that. I mean, we'll, I mean, it's just brutal. And we'll be talking about this more and more because more shit's going to come out. Oh, yeah. So be prepared. Oh, yeah. We can get a Washington Redskins guy to come on. <laughs> I'll look into uh, it. <laughs> uh, some minor notes real quickly. Uh, the franchise tag deadline was yesterday. Derrick Henry signed his new deal with the Titans. Chris Jones signed his new deal with the Chiefs. Dak Prescott did not sign his contract. Apparently, $31 million, He apparently doesn't feel $31 million is enough. So there was an interesting some, – something that came up today. I forgot who tweeted it. I think it was just a random fan or something like that. But they said, what if Sam Darnold doesn't have a good 2020? 
do you kind of cut bait with him and then try to make a trade for Dak with Dallas? No. And I'm going to say no. Absolutely not. I'm not a big fan of Dak Prescott's game. And to be honest, while I think he puts up good stats, doesn't turn the ball over, I don't get this sense that he's a winning quarterback. I don't, I've never gotten that vibe that he's a winning quarterback. A good quarterback will work with what he has, and I don't feel like Dak Prescott can do that. I really don't. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you have given Dak Prescott every tool to succeed in Dallas. You have given him a, the tools to succeed, and you kept his offensive coordinator there in Kellen Moore. Although I think that was more of a Jerry Jones power move, in my opinion. Jerry Jones tends to fall in love with coordinators, and then he wants to keep them all around. I would never do that trade. I don't believe Dak Prescott's a $30 million quarterback. I just don't. No, neither do I. And I've even talked to Cowboys fans about this. Like, and they were like, he's asking for way too much. He hasn't done anything. No. Like, I'll tell Cowboys that's fan. Like, you know, you're absolutely right. He is, as sad people's as opinions is. of Dak are all over the place. Some people think he's a top 10 quarterback. Other people think he's like a top 15. I was listening to Jake. You know, Jake kicks ass. Like, Jake has a you know, great show. We love you, Jake. Yeah. And anytime I love having Jake on because, you know, he just, he's a very knowledgeable football guy yeah. and a very knowledgeable in every aspect of sports. And every time he comes on our show, he kicks ass and he always puts on a great interview for us. Um, he was talking about Dak and he kind of said that, I mean, he was basically pushing for them to pay Dak Prescott because you're not going to start over with another quarter. Right. Okay. And that makes sense. I'm not saying that that's not wrong, but Define pay. How much money is he really worth? The problem is, is that teams have paid average quarterbacks a ton of money that it's really tough to gauge what quarterbacks are really worth in the NFL. Andy Dalton made a ton of money being an average quarterback going 0-7 in playoff games. Colin Kaepernick had terrible accuracy, but he made a ton of money after a Super Bowl appearance. Ryan Tannehill just signed a monster deal, and I've never really thought it was that great of a quarterback. Even look at a, I was going to say, look at a guy like Joe Flacco. He wins the yeah. Super Bowl, and, yeah, he obviously deserved that money after winning the Super Bowl. Some he people said. think Joe Flacco was very overrated. Yeah, people think he's highly overrated. He's, he hasn't done anything since that Super Bowl appearance. And even look at a guy like Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton is way better than Dak Prescott. And Dak's looking for a $30 million contract, <laughs> while, while Cam basically is barely getting $2 million. We talked about it, Clem. What do we say? If I took Cam Newton and put him on the Dallas Cowboys and forgot about Dak, would my team be basically the same or maybe better? I would say maybe better if you put Here's Cam on the Cowboys. If everybody's going to jump on the Patriots bandwagon with Cam and say, oh, Cam's going to lead them to the Super Bowl, Cam's going to do this. If Cam were to sign with the Dallas Cowboys, would people say the same thing? I, would, I people say, would people turn around and say – well, Cam's not that good, and, you know, Cam's nothing special. It was like last year when the Jets had the chance to hire Mike McCarthy, mm-hmm. and they hired, of course, Adam Gates, okay? <laughs> and I'm not trying to knock that. I'm really not trying to mock it. I'm, no, actually, yeah, trying support, I'm actually trying to support Adam Gates because I'm sick and tired of people pissing on the guy. Um, but then when Dallas hired Mike McCarthy, I didn't get that vibe that people were that excited about. Mm-hmm. Last year was like, oh, my God, we just we, – we let Weeb Eubank walk out the door. You know, but this year was like Dallas hires him and it was just like a meh. It wasn't really like, oh, my God, the Cowboys are going right to the Super Bowl. Right. So my point is, is that 
Cam Newton and Dak Prescott are basically the same quarterback. Cam's older. That's basically the the, the gist of it. And, and the thing is, Cam, I think Cam has lost a step. Yeah. I don't think Cam is as good as he was in 2018 compared to now. Remember, he missed over a year of football. Mm-hmm. But it's tough for me to say. I mean, it's a very simple comparison. A question: Have the Cowboys already hit their peak with Dak? And I don't. And I think they might have. I think they have because when you put that team together, you have a killer offensive line. You have Ezekiel Elliott. You have Michael Gallup. You have Amari Cooper. And all you really did this year for your offense is trade C.D. Lamb. You traded Jason Witten for C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your defense is basically the same. Why is this team always eight and eight? I think I look Cam. Uh, Cam. Uh, Dak has been the starter for this team for four years now, and he hasn't taken that next step. Yeah, he came out high and went like eight and zero when he was a rookie, and everyone was like, "Ooh, Dak Prescott, he's the next big thing." But we haven't seen him take that. He's just been average. I would say maybe slightly above average with the way he's been playing. But he didn't. He hasn't taken that step with the team that he has, and he has one. Of, I I would say the Cowboys' offense is probably one of the best offenses in the NFL constructed because you have an amazing running back in Zeke Elliott. You have two solid wide receivers now with three three wide receivers with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb. Now you have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, and you you barely you're barely cracking five hundred. Like that's sad. Like with that kind of offense, you could put, you should be able to put any quarterback in there and go to the playoffs. But here's the thing, right? Everybody says this shit all the time. Everybody says, "Well, uh, Jason Garrett is a terrible coach." Yeah, we know that. Okay, but here's my question: Why can't Dak lead this team to victories? Mm-hmm. Why is this team always eight and eight or nine and seven or whatever it is? They're always struggling. They should be dominating that division. There's no reason why. With that division, they can't dominate. The Giants were kind of rebuilding with Daniel Jones last year. The Redskins were terrible. And the Eagles weren't that great either. Mm -hmm. They weren't that great. So why can't this team get over the hump? The Eagles still had secondary issues last year with defense and everything. They didn't have the greatest receivers last year. And Carson Wentz was, you know, Carson Wentz was okay. Like, I'm not blown away by Carson Wentz. Dallas has a stacked roster right now. So tell me why everybody all of a sudden is ready to push the Cowboys to the Super Bowl because of two things. Mike McCarthy, who's been out of coaching for a year, and the fact that you drafted C.D. Lamb and Jason Witten is now in Vegas. Why are the Cowboys, to me, everybody's sexy pick for the NFC for the Super Bowl? I, don't, I, I really don't know. And it was last year, and we saw it was a prime example of the Cowboys just every single which way they can. Like they couldn't, they could not help themselves out for the best. And even worse, the Eagles were doing the same exact thing. The Eagles were shooting themselves in the foot. So the, the Cowboys should have steamrolled. And the crazy thing is too, the Giants were in it until like week 10. And no one had the Giants going anywhere near the playoffs. But because the Cowboys and the Eagles sucked so bad last year, that the Giants were actually were in a playoff race in the regular season. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, think, I just think at the end of the day, like, I, I, I'm not sure what Dak is. Yeah. He sure is hell not a $31 million quarterback. That's just my opinion. I just don't think he's as good as everybody makes him out to be. Cowboy fans may disagree with me. 
feel free. Okay. But there's plenty of times on Twitter last year when all I heard saw Cowboy fans bitching and complaining because Dak couldn't complete a pass, mm-hmm. you know, four yards with a guy wide open or something like that. It was always some bullshit. Okay. But again, we can talk about the coaching all we want. And the, let's call it what it is. The Cowboys kept Jay Gruden. Uh, Jay Gruden. I still have Jay Gruden on the brain. Um, Jason Garrett, long, way too longer than they should have. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm going to throw some shade at Dak. Because I don't think that Dak is the type of – I don't know if he's a leader, you know, especially with a stacked roster like that. I don't get why they're, they're just a 9-7 and seven team all the time. It's very alarming. Like, like I'm, lo- I'm, like, I'm looking at it right now. They, NBC Sports has has Dak Prescott as the 12th best quarterback in this league. I yeah, can, I'm, 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 right. I'm, I'm looking at the guys behind him, and I'm looking. I'm like, these guys. Some of these guys are way better than what Dak is. Like, a couple of the guys behind him are Ben Roethlisberger, Jimmy Garoppolo, Cam Newton, and Matt Ryan. Those are four guys I think are better than Cam Newton. Are better than Dak Prescott. It's it's a really polarizing topic because a lot of people just have him all over the place. There are people who think he's a top ten quarterback. I just don't agree. I, I just don't agree. I've seen enough of Dak Prescott to know, like, yeah, he puts up some good numbers. He's a good stats guy. He reminds me a lot of Philip Rivers. Yeah, you know, Rivers puts up a lot of stats, but they don't win anything with him. No, he don't, they don't. And he, you want to hear a hot take? I can, I bet you if you would have put Sam Darnold, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, any one of those four guys on the Cowboys. They'd go to the playoffs. They would. They would have went to the playoffs last year. I would. I guarantee that. You know, the more I think about it, man, like I, I really think that Sam's gonna have a good year. I really I hope so, man. I you really gotta, you gotta hope so. I hope so. Like I, I don't know. I just have a, I have a feeling about Sam. Like I just think that last year, the second half of the year, he really thrived. I thought under Gase, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm sure initial credit Greg Williams for Sam Donald's development, <laughs> but. I see things in Sam that, like I said, he makes throws you just can't make. Yeah. You know, he just – that's how good of a quarterback he is. And I think you could chalk it up to just not having the protection up front. I think that was a big part of it because the offensive line was really bad and it showed, you know, I don't know how good the Jets are going to be because their schedule is just brutal. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I will play strength of schedule as an excuse. If I, don't, if I see Sam developing well – but the Jets are losing games, it's going to be – that's because of the schedule, man. It's a tough, tough schedule. But it's also good we have a tough schedule because you want to see Sam go against these tough teams. You don't want to see him steamroll over the Dolphins and the Redskins and the Giants. We know know the Jets can – Something tells me that Douglas's plan is going to be, okay, I fixed the offensive line. Now i got to worry about receivers next year. Yeah. I think he's breaking it down little by little. I don't think he's going to try to pinpoint each one at, like, one spot. I think he's going to go – this is what I'm going to do now. I fixed the offensive line. In my opinion, I feel like I fixed the offensive line. Now my next spot is trying to bulk up my receivers with Jamison and Mims and, you know, try to add in like a good quality player. Yeah, I think, I think I it's think, not, the, not the wrong possibility. I think so too, because you really see he didn't really address the, the defense really this year. And one of the holes we know the Jets had on defense was pass rusher. They didn't, really, they didn't, they didn't address that. They drafted the They're going to be shooting for Jabari Zaniga to probably put yeah. on – you know, I, I said today, like, because um, the Let's Talk Jets podcast had a thing about how do you think he's going to be, and I just wrote back. I wrote, he's a situational pass rusher at best in 2020. I said he, you know, he'll probably have a bigger role in 2021. But I also said, in six games for Florida in his senior year, he had three sacks. 
mm-hmm. in six games. That means he can get to the quarterback. Yeah. He can get to the quarterback. He's got the motor to get to the quarterback when you see stats like that. That's two. That's an average of two sacks per game, you know, yeah. or whatever, one. But still, it's a strong stat for six games. He already had three sacks. And I think he's going to be more of a situational pass rusher in 2020. And the one thing I like about, like, this team, too, with the defense, the Jets defense, is you even saw it last year. No-name guys looked like stars on the Jets, and that's a good thing. That goes to the credibility. They of kept how- playing because they just kept they kept getting playing time. That's yeah. it. And it can't get hurt, and then guys like Terrell Basham were stepping up. Kyle mm-hmm. Phillips was stepping up. Les Austin stepped up. Arthur Mollette stepped up. I mean, and- now these guys have reps in that defense, and that could really be beneficial for them this year. And I think that goes to the credit of Greg Williams as a coach because, like I said, you, like, did the Jets really sign anyone on the defense this year in the free agency? I don't think I anyone, think, really. I thought Pierre Desir. Yeah, I mean, other than the, Pierre Desir, and uh, that's really it. Gre- that just shows how good of a coach Greg Williams is. And that's why with, you know, if the Jets were to trade Jamal Adams, I'm perfectly fine with Ashton Davis stepping up and being the starting, co- the starting safety because I have that much faith in what I saw last year with Greg Williams because he turned some of these no-name guys, Kyle Phillips, Terrell Brasham, Bless Austin, Arthur Mallette, into star- Jet stars. So speaking of that, mm-hmm. so Miles Garrett signed an, uh, an extension for $125 million, $100 million guaranteed, by the way. Jesus. Okay. That's a lot. Even as good of a pass rusher he is, that's a lot of money. That's, yeah, that's, that's a lot, lot of better. Especially for a guy who almost killed Mason Rudolph last year. Okay. <laughs> who literally almost murdered the guy with a helmet. Okay. Um, so a lot of people started wondering, what does this mean for Jamal Adams? Mm-hmm. For Miles Garrett, for example. For Miles Garrett, it's because I was watching – I'm going to tie these in together. So I was watching a Colin Coward clip on YouTube, and the thing about I don't like necessarily love about Colin Coward is he tends to talk a lot of shit. You know, a lot of the stuff, he contradicts himself. People have caught him contradicting himself in the past, taking one thing and, you know, turning it to this or whatever. He flip-flops a lot. So he was basically trying to say that – the Browns have a, like seven or eight guys that make a double-digit salary for the year while the Jets only have two, C.J. Mosley and Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. And he said that I trust the Browns. I think I'm more trusting of the Browns than I am of the Jets in 2020. First of all, the question, what does this mean for Jamal Adams? It means nothing. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it means nothing. Okay? Because – Jamal Adams is still in the pickle that he's in. He is under contract for two more years. He can be franchised. He has no leverage. He has zero leverage. Mm -hmm. And that's that. Joe Douglas is playing this perfectly fine. He's not going to be pushed around by Adams. He will negotiate the deal when he's good and ready to negotiate the deal. Okay? And as I said before on the show a bunch of times, you can't sit there – and say that Joe Douglas is doing his due diligence as a general manager when he's fielding offers for Adams during the season last year. And now all of a sudden you're getting pissy with the guy because he's not signing Jamal Adams when you want him to be signed. Yeah. Okay. Joe Douglas does not work for the fans. Which I love. He does not work for the fans. He is not there to get your, you know, way to go, Joe. He's not there to do that. Yeah. He's there to make the team better. 
He has a philosophy that he wants to instill. And as a fan, I have to give him that opportunity to do it. So I'm sorry if people are pissed off that Prez isn't getting his money. But with everything going on, there's still a very good possibility. There's no season in 2020. Yeah, and that's another thing I thought I and I've said this multiple times on, on the show. It's you have to wait to see what the Jets are gonna what the season's gonna be. Because like I said, God forbid the Jets give Adams all this money. Oh, hold and, on a second. Oh, we've got oh, breaking news? Well, it depends how you look at it. Go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah. No, no, just go. Just go. Breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) According to Bleacher Report, Mm -hmm. the league, the NFL is proposing with the player in a meeting with the Players Association to cut each team's player cost by forty million dollars. Right there. Right there. We just answered the the they just answered my exact thing, the exact statement I was about to make. Because we have no idea what... This is a tweet from Tom Pelissaro. Okay. The economic proposal the NFL sent the NFLPA on Tuesday removed the 35% salary escrow provision, but instead would have slashed each team's player cost by $40 million in salary cap and or benefits in 2020 per sources. Player leadership strongly opposed to such a short-term hit. Under the CBA, the NFL and the NFLPA must negotiate in good faith to correct a projected multi-billion dollar revenue shortfall. Union wants to spread the hit over future salary caps. League wants help managing costs now. The sides continue to work towards a deal. And there you have it, folks. That is why you're not going to have a season. You may not have a season this year. Yeah. Because teams know what's coming. Players don't get it. And that's where the divide is going to be. Yeah. So the answer to the question, what does this mean for Jamal Adams? It means nothing. It means nothing, and you're, you're probably not going to get paid. And I was even talking about one of my best – I was talking to one of my best friends about this the other day. You're still under contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, you're still under contract. You hold zero cards, and we have no idea if there's even going to be a season. If there was going to be a season, like a guaranteed season, I'd say, yeah, maybe we should, maybe we should speed up the process a little bit and get, get him paid. Or even if he had one year left on his deal, I would say, yeah, we definitely got to speed this up and get him paid. He definitely deserves an extension. But he doesn't. I mean, he has, he's has two years left. We have no idea if this could be a season. And personally, you made two Pro Bowls. Ooh, big whoop-de-doo. It's a fan vote, okay? Jamal, I like you, okay? I'm giving you some tough love right now. I know you're listening, Jamal Adams. You, you got voted in twice, okay? Anyone can get voted in. Kobe got voted in one year into the All-Star game. He didn't even play any games. Now, let's get back to the whole Cleveland Browns thing. Okay, Colin Coward, you have a lot of faith in the Cleveland Browns. See, this is what happens. Every year, there's always sports writers who jump on the bandwagon for the Browns and say, this is the year, and it's never the year. Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's recap. Would you like to know when the last time the Browns had a winning season? Ooh, let me, let me see if I can get this. this, this no, no, without this, looking at your computer. This, say, is Moff, this is Moffitt's quiz of the day. All right, let's see. Let's see if I can get this. I'm going to say... Bonus points if you know who the coach is. I'm going to say 2008. You're very Eric, close. Oh, 2007. Eric Mangini was the coach, though. Nope, he was not. Oh, damn it, he wasn't? Damn it. Nope. I, thought, I was so confident in that. The coach was actually Romeo Cornell. Ah, okay. 10 and 6 in 2007. 
That's the last time they've had a winning season, by the way. And I'm not talking eight and eight. Like, I'm talking like they've just sucked for like 13 <laughs> years. Okay? Here are some of the franchises they've had over the past few years that have re- losing records. Ready? Mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry, who they got in a trade. Yep. Odell Beckham, they got in a trade. Kareem Hunt. Sheldon Richardson. Olivier Vernon. Joel Batonio, who's a lineman. J.C. Treader, lineman. Just to name a few. Okay? Mm-hmm. This year, they added Austin Hooper, who they overpaid for, by the way. They re-upped Miles Garrett. They drafted Jedrick Wills, and they got Jack Conklin. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that the Browns aren't going to be a good team in 2020. My thing is, before we start riding the, the Cleveland train to the Super Bowl, how about they get to 500 first? How about we do some baby steps, peeps? Adam Shine did this the other last week, and I said, this is why Adam Shine sucks, okay? Because he just jumps on the bandwagons of these teams. He gets an erection every time they sign, like, you know, oh, my God, they got Jack Conklin? They're going to the Super Bowl. How do you know? Yeah. Everyone, as soon as – and even myself included with this, you know, when they got Odell last year, I thought, oh, they're going to the playoffs. This is it. Like, this is the Browns' year. I, I said that. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, not... Let's just get to the playoffs. Let's just finish 9-7 and seven before we start proclaiming Super Bowl. But then you know what happened, though? They started talking shit. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield was talking shit. David Njoku hasn't done anything in the NFL. And now he wants out. Now he wants out. Is talking about going to the Super Bowl. Everybody's talking about going to the Super Bowl. And they went 6-10. and 10. The Jets finished better than them. Okay, why is a team this talented not able to turn the page and, and get them to Super Bowl? Beckham looked completely overmatched in that offense. He had a thousand yard season, he only had four touchdowns. Baker Mayfield really struggled last year. And yes, you have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. You have a loaded offense. Why, why are you so bad? Yeah, it, does, it doesn't make any sense. And then this even goes reverts back to the Cowboys. Yeah, you can blame it on Wayne Garrett that. That it wasn't good, but this offense, I like I said, I said it myself last year. I'm not going to lie to the people and say I'm a genius. I said the Browns were going to go to the playoffs because on paper, when you have an offense with uh, a second-year Baker Mayfield, a wide receiver duo like Odell and Jarvis, especially two like best friends, basically a, a good running back in Nick Chubb. This shouldn't on paper that offense should have been top seven in the league last year on paper, but now it gets better. You have Baker Mayfield, who struggled last year, now has a new coach and has to learn an entire new offense. Yep. Okay? That may not be great for him. I don't know. I don't know how good Baker Mayfield is going to be in 2020. Now, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, complete head cases. Beckham, the other day, for some weird reason, came out and said that he thought about retiring in 2017. Why do I care? Yeah. And that is the textbook definition of a media whore which I don't think is in the dictionary. But Odell Beckham just has to say stuff just to say stuff. Yeah, like – Why? You, like, what, why do I care that you almost retired in 2017? Like, if he said again – He didn't feel respected. He didn't feel this. Who cares? Yeah, if he said, you know, I, I thought about retiring last year, then that's a little bit of news. I might care a little bit because it was last year. I'm not going to care what happened three years ago. What the hell happened? You didn't. So, you might you, – you, Ooh. Odell sucks. Overrated run wide receiver. 
And on top of that, you play in one of the most difficult divisions in the NFL, which is the North. You play the Ravens twice and the Steelers twice. And the Bengals are going to probably be a decent offensive team with Burrow and a young receiving group with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. And maybe if they get A.J. Green back. Okay? Mm -hmm. I don't get why everybody every year jumps on the Browns bandwagon. The Browns have been buying free agents left and right over the past few years. Where has it gotten them? You know, John Dorsey was supposed to be this great general manager for them. What did he do? He did absolutely nothing. Nothing. He made ballsy moves, and that's great. But the pieces didn't fit. The pieces didn't fit. You have a quarterback. Listen, I like Baker. If Baker was on the Jets, I'd be just as happy with him over with, as I am with Sam. Yeah. But Baker starts running his mouth. Baker starts because he was like that. He was a cocky asshole at Oklahoma, too. And it was Landry and, you know, with Beckham and all these other, you know, Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And he was like, oh, yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl. There was at least three games this last year where they lost by double digits. Remember they got blown out on opening day, 43-13 to 13 to the Titans? Yeah. That was at home. <laughs> you imagine being a Brown season ticket holder, like you're all fired up for week one. And you got you could see that? Yeah, it's – it's something you don't when you again, like we said, when you have when you when you put the pen to paper and, and you see that team, it's like, oh shit, they're gonna they're gonna go to the playoffs. And every every reporter in their right mind had had to believe that last year. And I, I like I said, I I thought of it too because you put the pen to paper, that team is a stu- that's a stud team. That's a stud team. So but here's that, the thing: over the past, I went back to 2008, I think, after they had won there, and I went to do their record from 2008 on. Mm-hmm. You know what their record is as a franchise? This was like stunning. Like I this would is say, a stunningly bad team. I would say it's been 30. This is over 192 games. 192 games. I would say they have less than 85 wins. They have 51 wins. Oh, I was, I, I was being generous with 85. <laughs> 51 and 140 and one. They have a tie. Now, listen, our team isn't that much better. I mean, the Jets are the Jets. But at least we've made it to AFC Championship games. At least we've made it to the playoffs. We, we, at least we sniffed the playoffs, too. Like the Browns haven't been to the playoffs since 2002. Or 2004, I think, or three, when they had Tim Couch. Oh, that's not a good look. So you're going to sit there and tell me that you have more confidence in the Cleveland Browns? Based on what? Based on what? Because they signed Jack Conklin, because they drafted Jedrick Wills, because they gave Miles Garrett an extension. This is this is your big play. Listen, it's a no-brainer to give Miles Garrett an extension. It's a no-brainer. But how's it working out for you with Landry and Beckham and all those guys? It's not working out too well. Yeah, looked terrible last year. Odell looked like a t- not well. He didn't. He didn't look awful, but he didn't look good either at times. It's like, well, I've been saying this for years. Odell's always an overrated uh, wide receiver. But now you really saw last year that even with this kind of offense, that Odell couldn't perform. But everybody does this, and this is what I hate about, you know, the minute that the Browns, because they want Cleveland to be successful, okay? And the thing is, is Cleveland is one of those teams, like the Detroit Lions, like the Jets, they can do whatever they want, but they're always going to be an average team. Mm -hmm. I don't see them ever taking that – step forward 
listen, the Jets have made some bonehead decisions too, okay? I'm not sitting here trying to sugarcoat my franchise. My franchise, I mean, they annoy the hell out of me. You stink. You stink. Okay. But what are you basing this on? Are you basing this on because they gave Miles Garrett an extension and the Jets didn't pay Jamal Adams? Is that your big reveal? Is that the big reveal from Colin Coward? Is this why Colin Coward is on the radio? Yeah. Like, if you're going to base it off of, you know, like, if you, if you, you base it off, like, how reporters base the Jets off of, because, you know, they're the Jets, and they just put them in last every year, you should do the same thing with the damn Browns. I don't know why people love to, love to do that. Like, it's no Yeah, the Browns go out and get flashy guys. They also get guys with a lot of head case and character issues. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and you can't ignore that. And the thing is, is that I think that the problem with the Jets over the years was they either go all in on spending in free agency and it comes back to bite them in the ass later. I think there's got to be a happy medium. I think that's what we're trying to do in New York. So you're going to have to suffer through a little bit of a rebuilding period because this is not the roster Douglas built until now. Exactly. He's got to get rid of the dead weight, the guys who are just not that great. Yeah, Douglas has – And the thing is we have to start hitting on these mid-round draft picks. Douglas has a vision for this team, and I'm I'm all behind it. Like, like you said, like last, like, did I want some of the flashy players like Jack Conklin and some of these wide receivers? Absolutely, I wanted them so bad. You know, like, but like, I hate stuff like this because you're comparing. It's like comparing apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. All right, you're trying to tell me that you have more faith in what the Cleveland Browns are doing than the New York Jets. Right. Okay. When two teams have totally different philosophies, the Browns are under a shitload of pressure to get to the playoffs. They're under a ton of pressure. I mean, because – and the thing is, Pittsburgh and Baltimore are always going to be in your way, especially Baltimore. You're not getting it through the division anytime soon. Not with Lamar Jackson there. Right. And Baker has not played that well. And you saw it last year. A lot of bad games. But what do you base this on? Because Adam Gase is the coach? Is that the real reason? Is it because we haven't paid Jamal Adams yet? So we're an inept franchise because we haven't paid Jamal Adams? Yeah. See, that's the type of crap that pisses me off. That's, a good, that, that's why these stupid analysts on TV do that. This is what they go by is, well, uh, the Jets are pathetic because they didn't pay Jamal Adams. Why do I have to pay Jamal Adams? Okay, hypothetical. Colin Coward is the general manager of the New York Jets. And Jamal Adams comes running and starts causing a big shitstorm on social media. I want to get paid. I want to get paid. I want to get paid. What's the first thing Colin Coward is going to do? He's going to pay him. But I'm saying you don't have to. Exactly. Okay? And if I want to be a cheap shit with my money, I'm going to be a cheap shit because I'm the friggin' owner of the team. And I'm not saying Jamal Adams doesn't deserve to get paid. Not in the least. Yeah. But this is not the time. And if that Bleacher Report note just didn't sink in your head about why it's not a good time to pay these guys, I don't know what will. Exactly. No, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like, this is not a good time to pay Jamal Adams, especially when he has two years left on his contract. If he had one year, then I would say, yeah, let's, we should have paid this man already. If we had one year left, he should have given him the extension. But he doesn't. He, he has zero cards. Well, we don't know what's going on this season. All sports orders are going to take a bath this year. They're going to take a bath, bro. Baseball, hockey, basketball, football, all taking a bath because nobody is having fans in stands. The Patriots are trying to do something where they have their stadium, I think, at like 25% capacity. Right. Right, which is like the equivalent of having like 12,000 people, let's say. 
okay? Which would be cool, you know, great. If you can make it work, fantastic. But the players are freaking out because there's, they haven't been given any type of instructions on what happens if a player tests positive. Right. How are they going to do testing? How are they going to do this and that? It's a shit show out there. And we're getting our ass kicked by this virus. Yeah. And the players, are, and rightfully so, they should be afraid. Especially football players. Because you're going to be in the trenches with these guys breathing on you, huffing, you know, puffing and all that stuff. And you never know when somebody catches it. Yeah. We have no idea. But, I mean, to sit there and try to be like, oh, Cleveland Browns are in a much better position than the Jets. Based on what? Based on what? Jarvis Landry hasn't been this amazing pickup. Odell Beckham hasn't been this amazing pickup. 1,035 yards and four touchdowns is not what I call a dynamite year with that money. Or Jarvis Landry's money. I should be concerned that Baker Mayfield struggled big time last year. And now it's to learn an entirely new system. Mm-hmm. And what happens if Beckham doesn't get the ball right away? Is he going to start bitching and moaning on absolutely. the sideline? Look, absolutely. We know that already. Listen, we know their offensive line is going to be good. I mean, Cleveland definitely bulked up their line, which is what they should have done. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we got to stop this crap. And stop pissing on the Jets, for God's sakes. Yes, they're an easy target, just like the Mets, just like the Washington Redskins, just like every other bad team. What else is new? They're a bad team. But it's like you're sitting there trying to act like Cleveland, Cleveland's on this like pedestal of greatness, which they're not. When they beat Baltimore back-to-back times this year and go 2-0 and against Baltimore and 2-0 and against Pittsburgh, then I will start to see the light about the Cleveland Browns. Exactly. Exactly. But it's like – what are you basing this on? I don't understand what this is being based on. Uh, I, don't, I don't get it either. It's, you cannot it's, sit there. You don't, get, you don't get it both ways. You don't get to piss on the organization, the Jets organization, when they decide to do something that you're not a fan of, but then you turn around and praise Joe Douglas every time he makes a sign. Yeah. You don't get to do both things. That doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. See, that, I, like, that's why like, I'm not the biggest fan of Colin Coward. Like, he, he, does, he makes no sense half the time. And then, he, and then half the other time, most of the time, he just spews shit out of his mouth. Like, it's... I mean, it just, gets, it just gets tiresome to hear. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, let's piss on the Jets organization more. We know they're a shitty franchise. and they easy, hired That's why. You know, like, and it's just, it's easy. And that's the shit that bothers me. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead, Colin Coward. And when Cleveland goes, like, 6-10... and 10, I want to hear you talk about how great you thought they were going to be. I want to hear Adam Shine talk about, oh, yeah, they're going to the playoffs. And then he'll just be ripping them for being an inept franchise because, God forbid, reporters or sports writers just stand by their damn opinion. Yeah. Don't pretend like you never heard us say it in the first place. Right. (sighs) (laughs) All right. I'm off to my Fifty Shades of Jay Gruden party. Do you have anything before we get out of here? Oh, your your yours is tonight. Mine's tomorrow. I'm going tomorrow. Yeah, I got the invite for tonight, man. Sorry. <laughs> no, nah, mine's tomorrow. I'm going tomorrow night. I'm nah, just very excited for uh, next week's uh, stream of guests. You know, two people yeah, I, I went very to excited. With, so I'm very excited for those two. All right, we're definitely yeah. I'm definitely excited too. Um, you know, again, this is what this is what makes this fun. Yeah. You know, having the guests on the show and giving them the platform and 
you know, having some laughs with them. We had a great interview with Andrew Pisano the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a lot of fun. We got a lot of, we got a lot of good hits on that interview. You know, obviously our past interviews with Christine Nguyen and, and, and Tim Healy and Andrew Gross, you know, always you know, those guys kick ass. And of course, two of our all time favorites, Jake and Ike. Sounds like a candy. At the end <laughs> of the so, by the way, Isaac put the sonogram up for his, uh, his future uh, child. So, you know, I, it's congratulations funny. to Isaac Feldman. Um, one of my good friends, he's a great guy and, you know, he deserves all the success and I look forward to, you know, I can't wait to hear about the, uh, the newest member of the Feldman crew. Yeah, well, maybe we'll get the, maybe we'll get the kid on too in the near future. <laughs> Dude, we'll be, come on. I mean, we'll be long gone by the time. <laughs> <laughs> See if the Corona doesn't wipe us out. I mean, yeah, right now I'll just take what I can get with Ike. <laughs> But uh, no, we're really happy for Isaac and congratulations to him and his wife and then on the uh, future additions of the family. So uh, we look forward to having Isaac on really soon and uh, maybe I can give him some more daddy advice. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but um, all right, well, listen, that's going to do it for this show, for the episode of the Moffat on the Mic show. Uh, again, as always, you can follow the show on Instagram at Moffat on the Mic, Twitter at Moffat on the Mic, and my Facebook page as well. You can follow the A1 Sports Network on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Clem, thank you for holding it down like you normally do. Today was a good show, man. We had a lot of laughs. This was great. We had a lot of laughs at the Washington Redskins expense. So it's always good. See, when it, when it's when you, when we're not laughing at the Jets or the Mets, it's always good to laugh at someone else's team. Exactly. I actually know two guys who are Redskins fans too. Oh. Guys, one guy I used to work with, and one guy I went to high school with. Oh, guys. So no, Lord knows what they're thinking right now. <laughs> but, um, you know, but again, thank you for holding it down like you normally do. Uh, next week, again, we have a really exciting week coming up next week on the Moffat on the Mic show. Monday, we'll be talking to Islander superfan Kim Moisa as we get ready to uh, for little Islander playoff hockey coming up on August 1st as they get ready to start their season against Florida Panthers. And uh, Wednesday, we'll be talking to creative pro wrestler and indie wrestling uh, star Jack Tomlinson. He's going to be joining us as well. And uh, we are working on having Mark Salina from Statement Games to uh, do some fantasy perspective for us. Uh, so we'll, we'll announce that more next week once we get a final day. But, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a pretty busy show, pretty busy week next week for the Moffat on the Mic show, and uh, we're pretty psyched about it. On behalf of the People's Producer, Chris Clem, I am Craig Moffat. This has been the Moffat on the Mic show. Wherever you are, stay safe. Wear the damn mask, okay? Wear it. <laughs> it sucks. I wore mine today, and my glasses kept fogging up, but – Damn it, I still powered through it regardless, right? <laughs> but wherever you are, guys, just please stay safe out there. We're not out of the woods yet. This is a very dangerous thing going on right now. There's a lot of stuff going on. And before you know it, we're back to school. And we don't even know if kids are going to be going back to school. Mm-hmm. So wherever you are, just stay safe. Follow the procedures, please. Don't be a tough guy. Don't be, you know, don't tell me it's your, it's unconstitutional or whatever the hell you people want to talk about nowadays. Just wear the mask. Stay safe. Stay out of trouble. All right. Clem, that goes double time for you too. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday. We'll be talking to Kim Moisa, Islander super fan, about the Islanders playoffs uh, first round against Florida Panthers. Again, on behalf of Clem, I am Craig. Have a great weekend. Clem, I will talk to you Monday.